began with the rainbow and the sand as I cycled into Kerry. Cattle grazing on a steep hillside, but well fed, well balanced, close to the edge. Pedal on, pedal on, pedal on for miles, pedal on. Pedal on, pedal on, pedal on for miles, pedal on. I take a break, I close my eyes, and I'm as happy as the dolphin in a quiet spot, talking to myself, talking about the rain. Acoustic motorbike, a, a great theme song for the bike show, Between Gears. Between gears when you're on a bicycle is you're shifting, you're doing something, you're either about to go down or you're about to go up, or maybe you just want to go a little faster or a little slower. So just that half second between gears, and that's where we are right now. Uh, haphazard so, here, Michael Keane. Yeah, well, we have to get a, a, a bike song that uses an electric guitar. Because, you know, that's a thing. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> May you search long and hard, Michael. What? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, this is acoustic. Stevie Ray Vaughan probably did something. You never know. Hey, it's so nice to be here. Uh, and I'd like to start off the program by thanking the folks who help support us here, the business supporters for Between Gears. Thanks to Mercury Cleaners and Drapery Service, family-owned since 1971, offering full-service, eco-friendly, dry cleaning and laundering of most things fabric with two Grass Valley locations in the Brunswick Basin and South Auburn Street. Delivery service available, mercurycleaners.net. Oh, and uh, you bet bicycle sales and service in Nevada City. Locally owned, open 10 a.m. Monday through Saturday, specializing in sales and service of mountain bikes, gravel, and e-bikes, offering tune-ups, suspension work, wheel building, plus trail advice. You bet bike.com. Thank you for your support, folks out there. We appreciate it. So... Uh, Michael and I love bicycling. Now, he rides an uh, uh, e-bike, electric-powered bike, and I ride a regular, he calls it an acoustic bike. And maybe no, 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 it's an electric bike. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a full electric man. No, yours is. Yeah. I ride a, a, a bike that is just powered by my legs, human. Mine, so, too. So we have, uh, you know, we represent two different areas of uh, bicycling uh, uh, as we do our program here on the air here for you at KVMR. And I was just thinking about uh, riding around on the bike. I tend to meet people and uh, stopping to rest just before a big hill or something like that. So I'm really enjoying the social part of bicycling as well, along with riding with my buddies. And it's, it's really, really great. Uh, I did, I mentioned to Michael earlier, one thing uh, to be aware of is you're driving a car and you see some cyclists ahead. We don't have a lot of places to go except the edge of the pavement there because just off the pavement, first of all, it's a drop. It could be several inches down. And what's down there are sometimes dead animals, beer bottles, um, ivy, uh, weeds, and all sorts of things. And, uh, you know, that's not an option for us to continue cycling straight ahead. So um, we're going to all have to realize that, you know, share the road. We're all well, in yeah, this together. And, and, and it yeah. is the law in California that you have to give bicyclists at least a three-foot berth on the side. So sometimes if another car is coming, that might mean that you're going to have to slow down a little bit 
or perhaps even speed up to pass the bicyclist so that you can get in that zone where it's not a risk for the bicyclist on your right-hand side. Yes, and that three feet includes your rear-view mirror. So uh, from your rear-view mirror beyond into three feet uh, to allow room for that. But I I like to think that people are careful. Um, Waving to drivers from your bicycle helps make a connection a little bit. And if I ride in a place where I frequently ride, I often get waves uh, before I wave to them. So it's a real nice connection just realizing we just have different modes of transportation and, uh, um, you know, we're sharing the road. So, yeah, I've yeah. I've had some really courteous experiences with drivers this week myself, uh, approaching an intersection and having a car wait for me on my bicycle and getting through the intersection before they pulled out in front of me, which is kind of nice. Yeah, and keep in mind, those, all those folks on bikes are your friends. They're your grandma, their grandpa, grandchildren just good friends, just other human beings that are moving around in a different way. And uh, I'll tell you, it's very sweet to be out there in this wonderful weather. And uh, it's just you and your bike. And the weather is something that you get immersed in uh, on a bicycle. So it's it's quite a joy to, uh, to experience that and make it part of myself. For you listeners out there, I want to uh, remind you all that uh, you can reach us here at KVMR at betweengears at kvmr.org. Please send us your emails. We'd love to hear your comments and suggestions for what we might do with the show. Uh, Also, you can share with us your stories about uh, something that you've done or places you've been or rides that you've taken, maybe trails that you know about that you want to share with some some friends and family, and uh, maybe us here on the air. And uh, that's the best link, the best way to get in touch with us, between gears at kvmr.org. Hap and I are both, with our fingers crossed, hoping that our show will eventually expand to an hour, and then we can start actually taking calls from listeners and hearing what you have to share with us here on the airwaves. Yeah, so be sure, no matter where you live, you frequent your local bike shops, and you can get a lot of great information from them. Like, what do you carry when you go out on a bike ride? How far are you going? And uh, is there anyone who knows where you're going to be at those times, or is there a way you can uh, connect with them? Uh, Cell phone service in our rural area here and in many other places isn't that good, so you might have to figure out a way how to communicate without expecting to have cell phone service. So uh, Michael wanted me to mention a satellite program that I use all the time called Strava, S-T-R-A-V-A, and that kind of uh, marks where you are on the road. If you stop and open it up, it tells you at the end of a ride how far you went, how long it took, what was your fastest speed, what was your highest elevation, and uh, how much elevation gain Uh, did you go through to complete your ride and for mountain bikers that's often a really important statistic like man I'm worn out I wonder how much we climbed today on that ride and uh, so Strava it's a app that you would have on a phone and you can uh, get it for free if you pay more you get more statistics fed to you if you would like I also talked to a friend who used uses a program called trail forks And uh, I haven't gotten used to that program myself, but it looks good. They have mapping and things like that. 
<clears throat> but you can mark your location on your G uh, GPS device, which goes up to a satellite signal rather than a cell signal, and practice with it. Go someplace, press a button on your GPS, and it'll make a little mark there, and then it will give you the longitude and latitude of where you are, and then you would send that to somebody, uh, and they would know where you are if you had fallen or gotten hurt or need help or something like that. Uh, but to be streamlined about it, you've got to practice. You don't want to wait until you're lying on your side and uh, unable to move and trying to remember, how was I supposed to use the cell phone to tell people where I am? And, of course, before the ride starts, let people know uh, where you're planning to go. Well, once again, between gears at kvmr.org. And something that kind of I, I thought of recently as I was thinking about is older bicycle riders. You know, some of you may be out there that have a bike that you bought maybe like 10 years ago and you've reached a point where maybe you're not riding it as much as you like, but it was an expensive bike and you really don't want to get rid of it and you liked riding it. Well, there's a website now, there's a company that will sell you a kit. It's an add-on feature. You can convert older bicycles that have a lot of value and you can upgrade them with a kit, and it's uh, it's called Switch Bike. S W Y T C H. Switch Bike, and it's an e-bike conversion. And you literally send them an email, tell them what you've got, what size wheels it is, you know, give them the information, and they will put a kit together and sell it, you know, over whatever. And then some in some places they replace the rear the rear wheel or there's a couple of different ways that they can do that. And then you can convert that expensive bike that you have that you're not riding into an e-bike that gives you a little bit of a boost and allows you to ride hills and get you inspired to ride the bike again. Autumn is coming, and I can tell you that uh, for me, it's the most wonderful season for being out at all, climbing mountains or going out on trails and stuff. But for bicycling, it's cool. Often there's a dampness uh, if it rains on the ground, and so that the terrain is really nice and smooth. And uh, yeah, you might think about getting your bike out of the garage, pumping up the tires, seeing what it needs to for you to get on it. And uh, maybe there's someone in your own house or a neighbor or something you could go out riding together, and you'll be huffing and puffing for a while, but that's okay. Um, I know that. Uh, when I ride my bike, there's an incredible aerobic workout that you're doing with your body, your legs, your arms, everything. And uh, it's extremely healthy. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's that. <laughs> yeah. No, well, it is. And, yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. I visited the doctor about a month ago, and he said, holy mackerel, you are, <laughs> you're, you're doing really well, you know. And so it, it really does work. It's a health thing. Yeah. And uh, so there's well, a... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying I, I got some information. Uh, oh, good. Good, tomorrow good. is a cruiser classic on Pioneer Trail and Scott's Flat Trail starting at 10.30 a.m. It's called a cruiser classic, which means the very bikes we're talking about that might be sure. hidden away in your garage. The event is sold out, but there is sure to be quite a few riders out having a really good time. And the upcoming Heart of Gold gravel race, which is www.com. Heart, heart to, heart of gold, 
www.heartofgoldgravel.com www.heartofgoldgravel.com and that's happening Saturday, October 7th. So that's, uh, and there's one more event. It's called the Hootathon. Uh, it's the first annual Hootathon is going down, which means in Bike Talk that's happening. As many laps as you can until you drop. All funds raised will go back to your school's bike team. That's Saturday, September 16th, which is tomorrow at 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. So that's up off the Pioneer Trail just above the grocery store. You know, people can tell. Oh, yeah, yeah. People can tell we're from a small town because it's just after the grocery store. That's the, right. There's something yeah. called the yeah. Pioneer Trail. Just I love past it. the row of mailboxes on the right and then. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's happening tomorrow. Yeah. First annual Hootathon. Well, a couple other uh, interesting websites that that um, I get emails from periodically is uh, a site called People for Bikes. There's a lot of really great ideas about how places to go and things to do on your bicycle. And also, Adventure Cycling is a really, really good uh, website as well, in my, in my humble opinion. And uh, they just released a, uh, a list of their 2024 guided tours. And they're kind of a long way from Nevada City, but at the same time, they include places such as Natchez Trace uh, Trail, which is, you know, back in... West Virginia somewhere, and uh, that's in the spring in March and April. Uh, Selkirk, Selkirk is uh, Sandpoint, Idaho, north to British Columbia. That happens in July. The Great Divide, Wind River, Colorado, and Wyoming. That's in July and August. And Lake Champlain, Vermont, and eastern New York, and that's in September. And I'm sure that you could probably, you know, ship your bikes or something and... and uh, fly there or something or maybe drive or you know maybe make it a destination vacation you and your bicycles and that's adventurecycling.com yeah and your wife and or sweetheart did i say that right adventurecycling.com adventurecycling okay cool yeah get on there and check it out it might make a great vacation you know you could travel out there ride your bike with other bike rider lovers and uh meet new people and go to new places. You know, Michael, that's what I find when I'm out on the bike. I'm, I tend to be very social and, uh, I like to say hi and smile to people and, and move along. And, uh, I've made some good friends. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, sometimes they'll cheer you on, you know, they see you're about to climb this big hill and they go, you can do it. Come on, go. Oh yeah. It's really quite sweet to have all that support out there. Well, you know, I recently uh, was lucky enough to get a. I, I took a week and went to New Hampshire, and we went there to uh, see some friends get married, and it was a really a, a, an experience I'd never had before being in that area. But the whole time I was there, I was meeting new people and doing new things, but we had a few days off on both ends of that week, and I kept thinking the whole time I was there, man, I sure wish I had my bike here. There are so many cool places, so many trails in so many different areas in the world that you, you don't think about. But when you're there, if you're a bicyclist, boy, I sure wish I had my bike with me. Yeah, one other thing to simplify your bike life is if you can find places to ride right from where you live, so you don't necessarily have to buy a rack or load it in the back or anything like that. You can just find different areas you can ride uh, around uh, school grounds or nice flat places up here. That's where I taught my daughter 
for the first time she was able to actually get on the bike and ride it once we got to a place where uh, gravel and dirt and all of that wasn't part of the deal. So, in fact, uh, I think on our website I posted a picture of uh, my daughter on my bike with me. It was right after a bike race up at Lake Tahoe. And Michael likes the fact that I put her up on the bar, we're cruising <laughs> yeah. around, just looking at the after race stuff. And she looked up at me and said, Dad, your teeth are covered in dirt. And it's true. I was, you know, just been in a bike race, breathing hard and grinning and mouth breathing. And there I was. I'm very proud of that. Yeah. And you should be. That's great. I don't know. Do we have... So are you still carrying a toothbrush with you? Never. Oh, okay. No. No. Yeah, I think you should read that. That's a really okay. cool story. Uh, th this kind of goes with the idea of uh, my daughter on the bike, and j this just popped up. And I used to write for National Off-Road Bike Association, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to go through this rather quickly. But uh, it it kind of tells you part of the uh, visceral experience. I am incredibly subject subjective in my experience with mountain biking, and this transfers to the page. Race fever hit me for a while. There were exciting small group rides previous to that, and even earlier, the sensual experiences of both winter and spring riding. And lately, I've been going on long solo rides. I'm proud to say I've accumulated 1,300 miles plus on my trusty Nishiki's second odometer, and the bike is barely one year old. And I still feel like a beginner in ways too numerous to mention. I've discovered many new roads and trails, and I'm hungry for more. My body reflects the constant changes. There are all too rare times when I feel in top form and everything feels like a sprint. At other times, my body is so sluggish and disoriented, I contemplate bronzing the bike as a centerpiece for campfire stories. Most of the time, it just feels real good to get out and ride and feel my body go through its paces. The solo rides harken me back to when I first got the bike and was exploring its possibilities and my abilities. Since I happen to live two miles from the nearest pavement and uphill and downhill are the only choices in this foothill country, I was hard put from the very beginning. It seemed like I left the bike in the same gear for about a month. There were too many variables to deal with besides gear changing. After a time where I once had to walk, I could ride. Where once my desperate breath came in loud gasps, I could carry on conversations. Even drinking from the water bottle while on the go added to the overall feeling of independence. The downhills I once numbed hand and arms with brake squeezing, I now duck down to cut wind resistance for more speed. Solo rides in new territory brings all this back. It's been solo rides lately, either because of failed deodorant, obnoxious personality, all my friends are out on their road bikes, or that's just the way it is right now. Riding with others brings whole new dementia to the experience. You begin comparing and rating yourself in relationship to the others. You learn everything 10 times faster. Your solo fantasies about being the toughest on the mountain diminish like cotton candy in a monsoon. You explore new places and share stories, and riding with buddies pushes you to further extremes. Maybe that's my favorite part. Change gears. Have you ever read anything by Ray Bradbury? His ability to describe some of the wonderful mystery and magic of childhood can make it almost tangible. There's much innocence, openness, and the world is at your footstep. Mountain biking seems to dredge up some of those early joyful experiences so that they may be relived and expanded upon. How many of you have tales to tell of your earliest bike adventures? We used to ride down a steep grassy slope, jump off our swins, and have contests to see how far the long street they would go riderless until crashing. 
I've been taking my five-year-old daughter on the well-padded crossbar of my mountain bike on some good adventures. I get to see it all through her eyes. It started with just a short ride down the driveway to give her an idea of what it felt like and why I was gone so often on the bike. Her training wheels don't mesh well with our rocky driveway. Then a short half-mile loop. The extra 40 pounds takes some getting used to. Now we get to go on occasional five-milers on varied terrain. She's got her own helmet. We made a big adventure out of the last full moon by taking a ride at night. I try to be polite when I whack my chin on the top of her helmet. One windy evening, just before dark, the clouds were moving in rapidly and the feeling of storm was thick in the air. Leaves were blowing wildly across the ground. We hopped on the bike and rode up and up and up on a nearby mountain, a few drops hitting our faces. I knew where an old gypsy wagon was resting anciently in an overgrown scrub oak grove. As the storm gathered and darkness set in, we rested and explored the wagon and wondered at its history. Then, with raindrops just beginning to pelt us, we hurriedly biked back down to the warmth and lights of home sweet home. To me, these kind of adventures are the ones that add texture and substance to childhood experience. They sure do to mine. So yeah, even after 1,300 miles, the guy is still having a good time on his bike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was fun to come up with this. These things pop up that can escape your memory. So oh, yeah. that was great fun. And having kids involved in biking is just the best. Yes. Well, and reading that really reminded me of all the the times in my past where I've found myself enjoying riding a bicycle, you know, and what that means and all the things that you gain when you're when you're young as a teenager be able yeah. to get out and move around uh i have one other connection here for you uh the single track action riders that's another local uh, nevada county area thing here and you can find them on facebook at s-t-a-r that's single track action riders and they're a local riding group intended to build community around mountain biking you can become a member and receive notice about group rides and trail work days and uh, you can sign up and uh, come to a meeting and, you know, meet some people that have common interests and a friendly vibe. Uh, they schedule intermediate and advanced rides, usually on Tuesday afternoons at various locations. And they usually meet at Nevada City at the Northridge around 5 p.m. And they also have a, a beginner social ride on Thursdays. So there's another way you can connect with the bicycle community right here in this county. Right, and don't let the idea that the, these bunch of bikers are just going to go away and leave you in the dust. Everybody seems so friendly, and they usually cater. If you let them know, you know, I, I haven't ridden a bike in a while, so uh, I, I'm riding around near where I live now, but I'm not sure if I'm ready for one of these rides. They'll take good care of you. It'll be fine. Um, I, I, you, you were talking, and something came up. I remember I was going to go on a ride. There's a local mountain called Banner Mountain. In fact, that's where our yes. signal comes out yes. from. I believe it's about 4,000 feet. But yep. it is. Uh, we had arranged a ride. I think there were at least three or four of us, and we were going to go up Banner. Well, at the bike shop, I met this guy who was going to go on the ride with us, and I thought, oh, my gosh, small, <laughs> skinny, and just he just didn't. Look like, I mean, I wonder, I was thinking, does he know what's ahead? That is a heck of a climb going up there on these dirt roads and dirt trails. Once we left on the start, I never saw him again. He was always <laughs> so far up there. 
he would just wait, you know, in various locations on the way up as huffing and puffing and hanging over the bars. Reality check for haphazard, I'll tell you. Oh, yeah. Uh, smiling all the way. Yeah, that's a great climb. That's, yeah. a, that's a nice uh, nice one to take. Plus, you get the downhill on the way back. Yeah, and I, I would suggest, too, if you don't have a biking community yet, you know, uh, you don't have people to ride with, I'm sure you can find a kind of a local bike shop, and they usually give you good, good suggestions about where you can ride, where you can go that's safe. I don't want to be with cars. I just want to be, you know, on dirt trails and stuff. And they can usually fill you in on that. And also, it's a social situation. They might be able to uh, find other people in your uh, the way you want to ride or the way you can ride and, and set you up that way, too. But be brave. I mean, aren't our lives meant to be lived? And the difference between driving a car with your windows up and the air conditioning on and the radio on is so much different than being out there yeah. on your bike. Oh, yeah. And feeling the wind and managing gears and braking and, and going. And it's just you're so enlivened by that experience. I, I think about now, of course, I drive a car. I drive a car, you know. Well, we all have to, you know, we, we're all dependent on cars at that's built into our society and tragically we can't do a lot about that now the invention of the electric car is kind of mitigating some of that but that's creating other problems too but at the same time when you're bicycling you're powering the show even if it's an electric bike and the thing that i like about mine is it has two giant racks one on the front one on the back and i literally could carry two bags of groceries on the back and one bag of groceries up front and you can even get trailers for the thing, so you can do all your shopping and stuff. So, Michael, if a person, there's a lot of people who are getting back into bicycling because there are electric bikes or e-bikes. Because, you know, you're going, man, you know, when I was a kid, I could climb that hill, but I'm not even, I can't, you know. So it enables them to get out there on their bikes and, and have a wonderful time. I keep running into the e-bike people all the time, and they're all smiling and having a good time. And they even say, you know, if it weren't for the e-bikes, I wouldn't be out here because I can no longer manage, you know, bicycling myself around. And, uh, Michael, if, if you were a person out there thinking about, well, maybe an e-bike would work for me, where would you send a person uh, <laughs> to find out more about that? Well, locally, there's, you know, any one of the bike shops are very helpful about giving you advice about questioning you about what you want, what you expect out of your riding experience. Are you using it to, de are you depending on it for a work vehicle? Are you depending on it for recreation riding? Are you doing shopping and all that sort of stuff with it? So there's a lot of places here in the county, and you know, one of them underwrites the show. There are several others in the town that uh, that Hap and I have visited a number of times and, and purchased products from them and, and sought advice. And, you know, they're very friendly and, and willing to help you and willing to connect you in a better way with, with what it is that, that we love so much about bicycling. I have a nasty secret, Michael, even you might not know about this, but if you're about to go into a bike shop and ask questions and find out stuff, if you go to the grocery store first and buy a little box of popsicles, <laughs> take that with you into the bike shop and say, hey, I bet you got people here who would enjoy these. And they get passed around and pretty soon the camaraderie uh, starts up right away. So 
that's one way to elbow your way in there. <laughs> well, once again, you have managed to sit through a half an hour of yours truly, Michael Keene, and my friend, Mr. Haphazard. And we want to thank You Bet Bicycle Sales and Service in Nevada City, locally owned, open 10 a.m. Monday through Saturday, specializing in sales and service for mountain bikes, gravel, and e-bikes, offering tune-ups, suspension work, wheel building, plus trail advice. You Bet Bike. Com. And thanks to Mercury Cleaners and Drapery Service, family-owned since 1971, offering full-service, eco-friendly dry cleaning and laundering of most things fabric. With two Grass Valley locations in the Brunswick Basin and South Auburn Street, delivery service available, mercurycleaners.net. And thank all you listener members, too, for your generous support, keeping KVMR alive and well here in Nevada City for over 45 years. And again, uh, a great way to contact us is... All small letters between gears at kvmr.org. Love to hear from you. It's, it's real nice at leisure to, you know, um, what? It's 7 o'clock. Uh, <laughs> oh, what happened? It just jumped. I don't know. But the news will be coming your way in a few, min- <laughs> or a few seconds here, actually. And uh, in the meantime. Between gears at kvmr.org. Thanks, everyone. KVMRFM Nevada City, KCPC, Camino, Placerville. The day began with a rainbow in the sand as I cycled into Kerry. Cattle grazing on a steep hillside, but well fed, well balanced, close to the edge. Pedal on, pedal on, pedal on for miles, pedal on. Pedal on, pedal on, pedal on for miles, pedal on. I take a break, I close my eyes, and I'm as happy as the dolphin. In a quiet spot, talking to myself. Talking about the rain, talking about the rain, all this rain. Pedal on, pedal on, pedal on 